Today on Power Tips Unscripted, we talk to Dave Pollard, co-founder and design director of Live Companies in the suburbs of Chicago. Liveco has been leveraging the power of 3D design since they began design build back in 2012. Initially, used simply as a creative tool for developing ideas, they quickly learned that the 3D output could take them to higher levels of success. Dave will share all their revelations in just a minute. I'm going to do this the old-fashioned way, with two swords and maximum effort. Okay, guys. Let's get out there and make a difference. Hi, I'm Victoria Downing, and welcome to Power Tips Unscripted, where we talk about tips, tactics, and techniques to help you build a strong, profitable remodeling company. And I'm here with my co-host, Mark Harari. Hi there. How are you today? I'm well. How are you? I'm good. So, it's been an exciting week already, and then it's almost Thanksgiving, and this is going to be a, sort of a highlight of the week. You know, you're giving away secrets, because this is going to air after oh, Thanksgiving. So that's right. Now they're going to know it's not live. Oh, well, <laughs> hopefully they'll forgive us. Yes. Well, so what you should say is I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. <laughs> I am full from that meal. Woo-wee. Shoo. That was a lot of turkey. I think we keep that part right in there like yeah. that, and then yeah. we just go on from there. And another exciting thing this week, you're a published author. <laughs> Woo-hoo. Yay. Yeah. So your book, Lobster on a Cheese Plate, was just uh, published, hot off the press. and uh, Well, December 8th. Yes. Again, I don't know the timing. You're trying to play that game. It's not working for you. Okay. All right. Comes out December 8th. Yeah. Okay. So, um, but today is a highlight of this week because we get to talk about design and sales and communication and marketing and all sorts of stuff that we love talking about, right? I love it. And I love talking to Dave. Mm -hmm. Dave Pollard. Dave loves to talk to us. (laughs) Yes. He loves to talk to anybody. Yeah. He's good, though. He's interesting. So that's why we like listening to him as well. So let's jump into this, shall we? Jump away. Okay. So Dave Pollard is with us today. He is a principal and co-founder of Live Companies in Chicago suburbs, as Mark had mentioned. He is the leader of their design department. He's going to join us today to talk a little bit about how they use 3D design to really make their company stand out. Welcome, Dave. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Sure. It's always wonderful to talk to you, especially about design. Hot yeah, topic. Did, did, you, did, did uh, you guys have a good Thanksgiving? Yes. Yes, it was awesome. Right, great. <laughs> so, um, so let's talk a little bit about the whole process of the 3D design you use and so on. Now, you've been the design director of the company ever since it started in 2012? Uh, yeah, that's right. So when did you really dive into using 3D as a marketing and sales tool? Well, I think um, coming from architecture firms, it was, it was really always a part of my workflow since starting as an architect. And I think when we got into design build work, it was, it was really just kind of part of my normal design process. Okay. Um, even in college, I, I think we were starting to use it, you know, back in the early 2000s. So I think it's, it's been part of how my, my brain actually thinks through design as well. So it's definitely always been a part of it. So talk to us a little bit about your design process. I mean, there's so much conversation about this topic within our roundtables groups about how to streamline it, how to make it most effective. And so share with us a little bit about what you're using now in your whole process. Yeah. So we, we use several different um, pieces of software. 
Um, I think I have always tried to find just a single silver bullet uh, software that would work where we could really just take it from start to finish. But what we found is that um, we try and use what makes the most sense for each step of design, whether it's trying to be creative or whether it's trying to uh, deliver two-dimensional drawings um, for prints, things of that nature. So what we do now and our two main software, and I don't know how technical you guys want me to get, but the two main pieces of software that we use are Revit and SketchUp. Now SketchUp is a really loose, free form flowing, almost three-dimensional drawing tool that is based more like you're sketching. Um, so I think it, it's more intuitive to just create and make and test things. And then Revit is really a much more robust technical tool, which is using building information modeling, but actually taking the 3D information, translating it to a database and pushing it out into uh, drawings for permitting or for construction. So Revit is a great tool once we get into our detailed design process, mm -hmm. but in early feasibility design, we, we really like the fluidity of SketchUp. So we've shaped our process over the last several years. And what we do now is we actually go and we field measure and hand mark up sketches in order to bring the data back to the office. And then we start with a three-dimensional model for the existing conditions, but we use Revit for that. Okay. The reason we do that is because Revit is actually really good at being scientific where you can build out exactly what the walls are, mm -hmm. drop windows. It's pretty efficient at that. But then we actually export that out into SketchUp and then use that original Revit model to start being creative. Ah. And, and so our, our entire feasibility process ends up in SketchUp and then we use Inkscape to help visualize and create uh, really better rendering so that people can really have a better sense of what the space is going to be. And then when we go into detailed design, we already have that existing conditions Revit model and we can run, run with, with it from there. So I don't know that it's the ideal workflow in terms of using a single source software mm -hmm. all the way through, but it works really well for us and gives us a lot of flexibility and a lot of detail and also very accurate drawings. So Dave, I just want to make sure I understood that correctly. You go from, you start at SketchUp, go to Revit, and then go back to SketchUp? Uh, actually, it's the opposite. So we start with Revit. So Revit's really good for drawing anything that's already known. But okay. I don't think it's a very good tool for making your brain um, brainstorm right. right, and be creative. So the existing conditions are known, so we're just going to build it in Revit, right? The model's built in two days or three days. Um, and then it's exported to SketchUp where we just start kind of sculpting it, mm -hmm. taking it apart, and then getting creative. And then once we know what that design is, then we can put that into Revit. And then the other software you mentioned, Inkscape? Yeah, so Inkscape is a really cool product that we started using probably about a year ago, and it's just a rendering plugin, and it actually works for SketchUp and Revit and probably some other softwares as well. Uh, it's not very expensive, um, and it's on the fly, so I can run Inkscape while I'm drawing, and my rendering will actually update. So SketchUp can be very sketchy, right? Yeah. It's... Uh, it's trying to be a little bit looser and not as photorealistic. And Inkscape can do live updates to that as well as add really fast content. It, it makes it feel a little bit more fluid, like you're like a, a high level video game. 
okay. where it moves really quickly and you can visualize things really well. SketchUp and Revit by themselves don't really carry that uh, that level of quality in graphics. Can we back up for a sec? Now, your design build, right? Yep. So I'm assuming first step is some sort of a feasibility study or design development as your first step. So Correct. is all this that we've been talking about deliverables at that first stage? Do you, like, I, to back up just again, some design build companies have this feasibility study that's lesser, lesser cost, fewer deliverables, then design development, then construction. How do you do it and what are your deliverables at that design stage then? So, yeah, so our feasibility step is a standalone uh, product that we sell that is our starting point. And in that, that is where we're, we're delivering the full architectural visualization using SketchUp and Inkscape. Okay. And, and the reason we do that is because a, a floor plan may change once we really start developing what the space is and understanding it three-dimensionally. So we think it's really important to start three-dimensionally because that is more valuable to us than the plan. And then the plan is part of that, but in some ways almost more of a a result of what we're shaping in the the three-dimensional space. And then with that, our deliverable ends up being a full visualization for our clients. So they can really get a sense of what the space is beyond just a floor plan. And actually before this call, we just did one. And it's pretty mind blowing because they're sitting in in their house because we're doing them all on Zoom now. And they're trying to figure out where we move their kitchen, which is now over here in their existing house. And we kind of said, just don't even think about that. All you need to think about is what this presentation is of what your house is going to be that we're presenting to you right now. And that's that's what it is. Don't worry about what's moving where. Let's just think about what this entire uh Full concept is. So we're delivering the the render the renderings two dimensionally. Uh, we also create a fly through that we put on YouTube. Wow. Um, we also Inkscape's really cool now too. You can create a, a web link so they can actually click on the, the link and open it on a website and they can walk through the model themselves. Um, we also do QR codes. So from Inkscape, you can set a view and then uh, save a QR code that they can scan with their phone and then hand through the space. So there's some really incredible tools that are out there that work, that get better pretty much every, every day so that we can um, just continue to show our clients what our creative ideas are and really present them to them. Have you incorporated VR into any of it? Great question. So with the QR codes, it is kind of VR. Um, But, and it actually has an option to do whatever the VR is for the uh, Google Cardboard. And probably a year ago or or thereabouts, we started to order some Google Cardboards and test them. And we could have them logoed as Livco. So when they get their presentation, they could do it. Um, And I think it's kind of cool, but it's almost a little too novelty. And it really wasn't jiving as much. So we backed off of it. But I, I think it's pretty cool. And there's definitely you know, more and more potential there. Okay. So before we go on too far for those of the, those of us who are not as techie as you guys, Google cardboard question mark. (laughs) Yeah. So Google cardboard is just, it's just a piece of cardboard that you unfold and you drop your phone into it. And then you wear it like a set of VR glasses. It's just a $2 piece of cardboard. 
Yeah, it's a cheap. Cool. It's it's Google trying to give so people don't have to buy fifty, hundred, two hundred dollar VR glasses. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So who is the person? And I'm assuming it's you, but who's who's doing all the research and figuring this all out and diving in? So as you said, there's all sorts of cool stuff one can do. Yeah, that that is the hard part. You know, I think I, I definitely try and reach out to other RA members and see what they're using. I think our our roundtable group has shared shared Inkscape a lot, and mm. when we see new stuff, we we um, all all test it. Uh, I think a lot of the people in our group are using similar software. Um, and then I'm always trying to learn and find out if there's something better. Um, we'll definitely you know test Chief Architect. We've used 2020. We're always uh, you know, doing some R and D to see if there's a better solution, um, along the way. But yeah, it's hard. I think most of it is just kind of keeping in touch with, with my architectural network and see what people are doing. So how long, how much longer does it take to create deliverables like you've described versus what the average company out there is doing? Yeah, I mean, I think we we definitely charge a, a premium over a lot of people for our feasibility studies. It ranges from thirty five hundred to eighty five hundred dollars, and maybe some people are charging that. But but I think with that allows us a good amount of time to to deliver this full package. But what we've also learned is for us to do our full in depth design and creative process. Uh, adding materials and our design team actually visualizing it is part of our process. So in some ways, delivering, uh, you know, a YouTube video from that is doesn't take any more time. It's maybe 30 more minutes because we've already done the legwork and the design process to, to come up with something um, that is already ready, ready to be rendered. That makes sense. So does this... This is obviously a, a great sales tool for you, right? It's it's wowing sure. the client, and they're they're able to visualize their project. Is is that really the the extent of what you do with this? Just it's a sales tool. I think it started as it was mostly a design tool, and then as outputting better uh, visualization became easier, and to to Victoria's last question, almost turnkey as part of what we're delivering. Um, it became a lot more valuable from a sales perspective and people wanting to buy our visualization product. But it also tied into really a full marketing platform of being able to put our entire catalog of every project we've ever designed on YouTube. Um, so that people can can really see what we do in our, in our creative vision. Um, so I think we've definitely kind of taken it across different platforms of sales and marketing, um, but it's also just part of our design nature that it helps our team get excited about what we're designing. It helps us test ideas um, and see them. Uh, I think it helps our construction team get excited about what they're building as well. I think you know, there's two dimensional drawings that we uh, submit to the to the village and then hand to the subcontractors are great. But that piece of paper that really shows what the space is going to be at the end of the day uh, is in some ways more valuable for a lot of our projects. So it, it really 
really the weight of the, the three the three dimensional deliverables and presentations really are um, valuable across so many different channels of what we do for sure. So all the projects that you've done using this, you're putting those videos, those fly-throughs, I think is what you referred to them as, on YouTube. Right. And then yep. you're, are you marketing that to perspective, to, to attract perspective clients? Uh, absolutely. So I think we're, we're always trying to take it, take it to, another, to another level, which um, you know, can be a rabbit hole in some ways. So I'm trying <laughs> not to go too crazy with it. <laughs> But yeah, it's really fun when we come up with a project design that we're really excited about and we make this little video and then you edit it down and add some music and then put it on Instagram. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we, we have uh, on our YouTube channel, one of our playlists is called The Drawing Board. So people can just go and see what we're working on. They can oh, wow. subscribe and see what our latest design is. Um, we can put it across all of our social media channels. It's, it's really easy. And I think uh, the hard part has been uh, editing it down to like under a minute to do these little video fly throughs mm-hmm. to really give the the full picture and kind of emotional presence of a project in one minute mm-hmm. is kind of a fun challenge. Who's doing all this work? Um, so our design, our feasibility design team is uh, Sarah, who's an architect who works for us, and me, and she's primarily doing all of the design and feasibility presentations. And then I'm kind of overseeing that uh, from a design director standpoint and helping to uh, shape it into uh, the, the edited video with the music. That's kind of my department because I'm weird like that. <laughs> so are you, are you the, the marketing director too then? You got it. Yeah, exactly. So that, it all ties together pretty well, right? Absolutely. Now, does Sarah have help in going, you know, putting all the details into Revit? So um, once it goes out of feasibility, it goes to uh, Christopher, who is then taking the existing conditions Revit model and converting that through the technical drawing process. Okay. Okay. So if, when, when Sarah came along, did, did she know how to do all this or did you have to train her? So I worked with Sarah way back when at a, in a previous um, job life. Um, so she had a, a pretty good experience with um, three-dimensional software, but she had actually gone uh, and became a pharmacist in between oh, wow. then and now. <laughs> so I think she had to rele- relearn it a little bit, which she did really well. Okay. And Sarah was actually our first design hire. And uh, looking at her first job description is hilarious because it's, you know, it's everything. Yeah, I bet. It's, it's crazy. So I think at some point, as we grew and we, and we uh, enlarged our design team and we sat down with Sarah and said, you know, what is it that you really want to do? You've been doing everything. What do you really enjoy? And she, she said she wanted to, to work on these feasibility designs. I said, all right, hope you're ready for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's definitely, you know, run with it and, and pushed it to a, to a new level. Um, I mean, our, our, file size of our models have gotten a little big and that's just a testament to how much content we're adding to really help our clients understand uh, what their spaces can be. No, really, really fun part of that real quick, Victoria, sure. the favorite thing to do with that is when we field measure and document the houses, we always take photos of all their artwork. Ah. A lot of our clients have really great like, kids artwork. Yeah. So take photos of that. And then we can actually cut that, put it into the 3d model. Oh, that's awesome. That just, 
helps show our level of thought and also helps them uh, feel like it's truly customized. Oh, that's awesome. That's a great, great uh, marketing thing, sales thing to do. Now, we talked a little bit about the expense. Is there more expense for 3D modeling and so on? What about timing? What about the – because one of the issues for a lot of our listeners is design getting bogged down, you know? Everything projects getting stuck in design because it's just taking so long. Does this, yeah, there you go. Thank you. Um, is there? How are you seeing that? How is this affecting that? Um, so I think we we have a pretty good process down that we have a good sense of how much time it's likely going to take once we know what the design is. So usually, I think the hardest part of of defining time for design is not in the production of it. It's figuring out what it is. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think we, we usually leave, you know, probably a two week buffer to be able to figure out what exactly it is that we're designing. And then from there it, it goes relatively efficiently. And then probably the most important thing that we do to keep design from getting bogged down is we schedule those meetings early so we already have on our calendar that we're going to be meeting with that client in three and a half weeks. Um, we have a hard deadline. And if you don't do that, if you just say, hey, we'll call you when the design is ready, you'll just keep going because yep. you can always keep going. You can always design <laughs> more. And you have, especially in design, you have to follow that 80-20 rule, the get-mo of, you know, it's, it's, it's not perfect, but it's pretty daggone close to perfect. And I think it's ready to go. Right. Okay. Now, um, give me a rough idea of your company's average job size, just to give our listeners a bit of comparison. I think now our average job size is probably around 200, maybe 250. Okay. All right. Great. So if anybody listening in wants to get started to use this sort of software to develop these sorts of sales, marketing, communication tools, do you have any advice for them? Yeah, I mean, I, I think testing SketchUp is a really fun thing to do. Um, my kids even like playing with it, and they're eight. Um, <laughs> so I would download a trial version of SketchUp and just start kind of messing around with it and see if it clicks a little bit. Um, you know, I think, and I'm just not as familiar with a lot of the other softwares, but I would definitely try and see what you can do for a video export. Okay. Um, if you're using Chief or any of the other software, 2020, see what you can do for a fly-through export and maybe see if that's something that you can leverage across marketing channels and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're trying to get into video, uh, the way that I got into video was uh, my kids playing sports and taking video and actually taking a 45-minute sports match and compressing it into something that someone would want want to watch for two minutes. Mm -hmm. So that kind of gets you into it. So those are a couple. Dave, this is great stuff. Uh, You know what? It's time of the show that you've been so, so eager and excited for. It's the lightning round. Yes. And now, here's the Remodeler's Advantage lightning round. It's a trap. We're going to put 60 seconds on the clock. Here we go. What's your favorite business book and why? Um, that would be the 10 Natural Laws of Successful Time and Life Management by Hiram Smith. Uh, I don't know that too many people even know what this book is, but I, I got it in college. I think I was supposed to read it in college and I never did. It sat on my bookshelf 
somehow it moved with me. So it was on my bookshelf for 15 years. My one-year-old daughter was sitting on the couch one day and she reached back and took this book off the shelf and threw it at me. (laughs) And it changed my life and just understanding that happiness is a function of your control over what you can control and a lot of tactics and uh, methods for achieving that. And it really connected a lot of dots for me. It's a good one. If you weren't a remodeler slash architect slash designer, what do you think you'd be doing? I think I would, I, I would definitely still be designing, but I, when I was a kid, I always wanted to design cars. So I guess I would be an engineer, but I don't think I would be very good at that. <laughs> what are you not very good at? Um, I'm not very good at being patient. Your room, your desk, or your car, which would you clean first? Uh, definitely my room because it's the one thing that I share with my wife. What do you think is the greatest invention ever? Um, I'm looking outside of my front yard right now. I think rope light. (laughs) (laughs) That is pretty good. Yes or no? Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Uh, yeah, definitely. (laughs) If someone wrote a biography about you, what would the title be? Um, Crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I look forward to reading that one already. Hey, well, David, this has been great. Thank you so much for sharing this. And um, if people wanted to look at some of the things you've been talking about, how would they do that? Um, We have a lot of information on our website at uh, livecompanies.com. But also, if you want to see what we're doing for feasibilities, uh, check out our YouTube channel, which is Live Companies. Uh, also, all of our social media channels, we're usually trying to put a lot out there. So on Instagram, Facebook, Great. LinkedIn, Great. and all that stuff. Awesome. I'm very excited to go look at it even more, even though I've seen a bunch. It's great stuff. So before I let you go, and I very much appreciate you taking the time to do this. We've been wanting to have you on for some time. Um, I want you to share with our listening audience your five words of wisdom and why they resonate with you. And you sort of did a little sneak on this one. <laughs> I saw. Yeah. Yeah. So I... <laughs> I was watching a TED talk and because I love power tips, I'm always thinking about what my five words of wisdom would be. And I think it always changes, but I saw one a couple weeks ago and it said, learn from everyone, follow no one. Mm -hmm. And I I think where we are right now as a company, I think when we started, we were definitely trying to follow, but you get to a point where, um, where you're, you're really trying to break out and develop your own uh, individual uh, nature of what your company is. So I think, We're trying to continually learn, but not necessarily follow what everybody else is doing. We're just trying to learn from it. I think that's great. That's that's awesome. Thank you so much. We very much appreciate it, and um, we'll have you on again one day, David. Cool. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Dave. Bye. Yeah, so I think he utilized the old handy-dandy hyphen to get that that five words of wisdom working. Yes, just a little bit there. But, you know, in terms of the podcast itself – doesn't he make it sound easy? In terms of a podcast? No, in terms of what he's doing. Oh. Sketch it and rev it and Inkscape and I mean it sounds the way he was describing it, it sounds easy and it sounds like well, I've seen some of the videos that it's extremely powerful from a consumer point of view and a marketing point of view. Yeah, well, it's easy when you when you've been doing it. <laughs> You know, because it becomes second nature. I mean, I'm sure there's a learning curve of understanding the platform, understanding the software, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all that fun stuff. So I wonder, you know, I, we didn't ask how long it took him to get. No. Get, well, he said he's only been using it for about a year. Which one? 
Uh, well, at least the Inkscape portion the Inkscape, of it. Yeah, that's the uh, renderer. Right. I think that's the best part because that you know <laughs> that's the most fun for me to look at. Well, yeah. You know, as built, eh, floor plans, eh. The yeah. rendering, the three D <laughs> fly through though, uh, is very cool. Yeah, it's cool. And you know, hey, I'm, you know, it's funny. I I kind of agree with him that well. Not I agree with him. He he kind of saw that it was leaning that way. That the um, using the VR and the the cardboard mm-hmm. was almost more kind of a uh, gimmicky, gimmicky, right? Mm-hmm. As as opposed to giving added value. But um, you know, I think that's it's still so new, relatively speaking, right. that I think it, it's going to find its place, and people will get more and more into using that because mm-hmm. I think there's definitely a place for the VR experience as well. Mm-hmm. So, but um, you know, just the idea that you can get you can get such a much better feel for what your space is going to look like. I can't help but think the consumers must be blown away. And although everybody could be doing this, we know that there are not very many that are doing it. And so they've got to stand out in the marketplace, which is great. Absolutely. I think uh, anyone listening should definitely check out his YouTube channel. It's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And he's he's a a man after my own heart when it comes to creativity and having Mm -hmm. some fun with marketing. I mean, they, they do, you know, coloring pages for the for the kids and all yeah. kinds of stuff so they they really get out there with their marketing i think it's great so good stuff we want to thank dave pollard for joining us today and sharing his 3d design insights and of course we want to thank you for listening week in and week out i am mark harari and i'm victoria downing see you next week this has been another episode of power tips unscripted the remodeler's guide to business Visit www.remodelersadvantage.com to learn more about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program. There you can also find information about our business consulting services, upcoming live events, and much more. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. It's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful day.